beautiful name, wonderful name, this powerful name, Jesus. Let's pray, Jesus. Come be with us as we consider your word, your kingdom, your work. And we pray, Jesus, by the power of your spirit that you would be at work in our lives. That more completely and fully we would, we would be able to confess you as Lord, as our God. Your God. Nothing else, not us, nothing else. And that in you we have rescue. Rescue from what we can't rescue ourselves from. Rescue from what we The world can't rescue us from rescue, rescue from death, even forever. So Jesus, a beautiful, wonderful, powerful name, come guide us. Amen. Little taste this weekend of the fall, right? Not the fall, but the fall, you know, a little cooler this weekend. Uh, It's August and this is, this is not a, oh, it's August, let's wring our hands. But, but it is August, and this is the time of the summer that just a little disappointment might come in. You say, ah, it's August. I was going to do this or take care of that at the house or in the yard, and it looks like I'm not going to get to that this summer. And, and so a little bit of disappointment. Or, or you can be disappointed and say, Uh, You know, we never did get to that family reunion, the weather that day, or the kids were sick, or or the car broke down. It's that time of the summer that just a little bit of of disappointment can creep in, even if it is that idea that it is August. I mean, we still have a month, and we're going to enjoy the month, but we're moving away from the summer, not toward it. Disappointment. That's what we're going to look at today. Are you disappointed? Or... What is it that you're disappointed in? As, as I was preparing the, the message, I thought, I'll bet there are some people that are here today, uh, something is going on in your life, something you're experiencing, and you would have to say, this morning, I am suffering from disappointment. Maybe it's you. And, and if you aren't suffering from disappointment, you have suffered disappointment, And if you aren't suffering disappointment, you will suffer disappointment. And this this is not to be any kind of a negative message or anything, but it's important for you and for me to come to terms with the disappointment that we experience in life, that we experience in ourselves, and to be rescued from it, that we might have hope in God always. Uh, as we think about the message this morning, something Pastor Sutton and I looked at earlier in the week with some other uh, fellows, uh, we, we heard a speaker that said, we should be reminded that we're not tourists in this world trying to see the sights, have fun, experience the best that the world has to offer, that we're not tourists in this world, because if you go out on, on vacation, if you're a tourist, you can be disappointed. We're not tourists in this world, we're pilgrims. We're on our way home. And while there may be some disappointments along the way, once we get home, there'll be no disappointment. What does it mean to have disappointment? Uh, Disappointment comes when expectations don't match reality. I mean, that's, that's why we get disappointed, that we had this in mind and we only got that. I thought I'd do this, I ended up doing that. I thought I'd experience this, instead I just experience this. Disappointment comes when reality doesn't meet expectation. Although, 
Sometimes expectations or reality exceeds expectations. You know, I was hoping for this, and I got that instead. That isn't disappointment. I don't know what you'd call that when, when reality is actually better than what you expected. I don't suppose you'd call that disappointment. I don't, you wouldn't call it appointment, right? <laughs> disappointment versus appointment. Well, we're looking at, at, at disappointment. What happens when reality and our expectations don't match? One of the things you can do is just lower your expectations. <laughs> then you're never disappointed. I don't think I'll ever do that. I hope to do this, and then, then you're not disappointed. One of the things that people do to deal with disappointment in life is that they lower their expectations. I want to encourage you today to do just the opposite. Instead of lowering your expectations, raise your sights. Raise your sights beyond yourself, beyond the world, to Jesus himself, who is our hope and our life and our salvation. Where does disappointment come from? Uh, disappointment comes uh, when, when we have an expectation in ourself. Uh, the path to disappointment, expectation in self always leads to disappointment. Do you believe that? If you're counting on yourself, depending on yourself, you'll always be disappointed. Maybe not always, but ultimately. In the short term, you can have some successes. Hey, I'm going to put my mind to this, and, and, and golly, I, I did it. I accomplished it. But ultimately, if you trust in yourself and in your own flesh, you will be disappointed because there's going to come a day when, when it's all going to fail you. You take the brightest, the most capable uh, the most vital person, the most wealthy person you can imagine, uh, that person, he or she has everything going for him, ultimately, that person's going to be disappointed because time and, and happening are going to take over. What does the Bible say? We get 70 years, 80 if we have the strength, but they're filled with trouble because they pass away. If we're trusting in ourself for our future, ultimately, we'll be disappointed. Expectation in self does it. Also, expectation in the world always leads to disappointment. You say, I'm counting on things in the world to make me happy. I'm counting on the stuff of the world to fill my life. Uh, ultimately, that too will disappoint us. Remember what we saw in Romans chapter 8? The world is coming to an end. The world itself is groaning with an eager expectation for something else. The last thing the world would say is that you and I ought to put our expectation in it because the world itself is waiting for and expecting a new day in Jesus Christ. Where do you experience disappointment? What's causing your disappointment? Paul was calling the people of Israel, the Jews in his day, out of disappointment out of their flesh. We're looking today at, at uh, Romans uh, 9, 10, and 11. Today we're looking at Romans 10. And uh, uh, I had said last week, if you were here, uh, Paul could have gone right from Romans 8 into Romans 12. Romans 1 through 8, Paul goes through how it is that we're saved, and it's by grace, not by works. He had a great conversation about all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, but our hope is in Jesus. Uh, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and now we're heirs of the kingdom, and, and uh, the glory that's going to be revealed to us can't begin to be compared to the sufferings of this world. And Paul had that glowing, that uh, uh, language about 
Uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can come against us. He could have gone right from that into Romans chapter 12 where we have a bunch of therefores, how we're going to live that out. But instead he gives us Romans 9, 10, and 11. And what he's doing in Romans 9, 10, and 11 was taking another run at it for his family, the Jews. He said, I wish I could be cut off. I'd go to hell on behalf of my family if they could be saved. At the beginning of chapter 10, he says, I, you know, I, I give you my heart. My heart goes out to these people. And so he was taking another run to explain to them where their hope ought to be. He had already said, not, not in works, but in grace. And then in 9, 10, and 11, he's saying, our hope is in the promise, not in our flesh. And so in Romans chapter 10, he's explaining about how people who hope in their flesh will be led to disappointment. Uh, here, this is from Romans chapter 10. It says, uh, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law. Moses had written about people that want to trust in the law. Uh, this, he's quoting this. This is from Deuteronomy chapter 30. That the person who does the commandment shall live by them. Moses is saying, do you want to trust in yourself? Well, then you've got to follow the commandments. All of them. Always. All the time. No exceptions. Well, who can do that? We're lost. There's no way that we can do that. He's calling them not to have confidence in the flesh. He goes on and says, but the righteousness that, base, that is based on, the, uh, on faith says kind of the same, same direction, say, don't trust in, in the flesh. Uh, the righteousness based on faith says, don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven as if you can go up and grab it. You know, that is to bring Christ down. Don't think you can do it that I'll reach it, I'll reach for the stars and I'll bring it down. Or who will descend to the abyss? You know, don't say, well, I'll go down and I'll wrestle Satan and I'll take care of the problems and I'll take a sin and I'll take care of myself and there isn't anything in myself or through myself that could be held against me. Paul is calling us away from any confidence in the flesh. It will always lead to disappointment and failure. Instead, he points us to Jesus. Instead of depending on ourselves, we want to depend on Jesus. Jesus invites us beyond disappointment. Paul goes on as he speaks about this, uh, but what does it say? He says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. He's continuing a quotation from Deuteronomy chapter 30. And he's saying that, that what Moses had to say to the people, don't trust in yourself because if you're going to follow the law, you better follow all of it all of the time. And then he says, you know, actually it's easier. To be saved, to be safe is easier. He says, God's right here. He says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that God was there with the people of Israel to rescue them through the promise. And he says, that's what we're saying. Uh, it's always been through the promise, and I'm preaching still, he says, about the promise. We don't trust in ourself, but we trust in the promise. He says, that's the word of faith that we proclaim. He says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. See, Jesus is inviting us beyond ourselves. He's inviting us beyond the disappointment that we'll experience through ourselves. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. 
If you confess that Jesus is Lord, to understand that Jesus is Yahweh, that, that Jesus is not just another person we look to, but Jesus is God Himself who came into the flesh to rescue us. And believe that Christ, ra God raised Him from the dead. That's the thing that makes all the difference in the world, that Jesus was given over to death for you and for me, for our unrighteousness. He died to make up for how we live, but he rose again to overcome our death. And Paul says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is God, believe in your heart that, that he's the solution, you'll be saved. You'll be rescued. We have to be careful with this passage. I said it a little earlier. We don't want to turn this into a new work. A lot of people like to do that. They say, see, this is how you get saved. You better make that confession. You better have that confidence in your heart. And, and indeed, we want to confess and believe. But the whole accent here is not on self, but on the promise. It's just this is the way language works to say, I am apprehending that. I am receiving that. Yeah, I confess. Jesus is God. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. You're safe. You're safe. And there'll be no disappointment when you trust in the flesh of Jesus instead of yourself. There'll be no disappointment. I want to encourage you. That's what Paul was doing. I want to encourage you to lean on Jesus. He was calling his kinsmen away from leaning on themselves, away from leaning on the world. That's the path to disappointment, to lean on Jesus. Here's what he says. He says, for with a heart one believes and is justified, and with a mouth one confesses and is saved. Leaning on Jesus leads to safety. It's going to be okay. You are righteous before God because of Jesus. Jesus, you don't lean on yourself, you lean on Jesus and His works. You don't have to, as you trust in Jesus, you don't have to prove yourself to God. You don't even have to improve yourself with God. You're already declared righteous. We lean on Jesus, we're declared righteous, and that leads to safety. There isn't anything that anybody can do to you to harm you because ultimately God has promised you life with Him in His glory always. Uh, so we don't lean on or look to the things of the world, but we trust in Jesus. He continues. For the Scripture says that everyone who believes on Him will not be put to shame. Uh, when we lean on Jesus, that ensures disappointmentlessness. You try and say that. <laughs> it ensures disappointmentlessness. When you lean on Jesus, you won't be given over to disappointment. Paul says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. Uh, we're not going to be embarrassed. We're not going to feel let down. You know how you get to some place, maybe you're traveling someplace, and you get there and you go, oh, that's not what I thought it would be. That's not as good as, and you're almost embarrassed, you're almost ashamed, you're disappointed because it didn't live up to your expectation. That's not how the kingdom is. You know, in, in the short term, we may have disappointments here and there. It's kind of uh, life in the kingdom is the opposite of life in the world. Uh, life in the world, you have short-term non-disappointment, but if you're trusting in yourself, you're going to have ultimate disappointment. Life in the kingdom, from day to day, from time to time, we're disappointed in how things work out. But ultimately, we won't be put to shame. Uh, one of the translations says, we won't be disappointed. When you lean on Jesus, it ensures 
that you're going to be with God in glory and there'll be no disappointment. Uh, Paul had said, I don't consider the sufferings of this world worth comparing to the glories that are going to be revealed in us, he continues. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Leaning on Jesus will exceed expectations. God assures you the richness of his kingdom. Uh, there won't be a time in his eternal glory that you're going to be found wanting. In this world, there are the haves and the have-nots. In this world, those, there are those that are in and those that are out. Uh, but not in the kingdom of God. You won't look around and envy someone else. You won't look around and be jealous of someone else. What God has in store for you exceeds your every expectation, the riches of his grace and mercy. And then he concludes this little section. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Leaning on Jesus prevents disqualification. Have you ever been involved in something? I don't know, maybe you applied for something or it was a race or some other experience and there was some kind of a competition and you got right to the very end and then they say, well, you're disqualified. You're out. You forgot to fill this in. You didn't take care of that. No, we need more people like this and not people like that. That's not how the kingdom is. Everyone, no matter what your background, no matter what your accomplishment, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord, believes in Jesus as Lord and Savior, raised from the dead, will be saved. God wants to rescue us from disappointment. And he holds before us the very kingdom. We aren't tourists in this world trying to see all the things that we can accumulate and experience. We're pilgrims on a way home. And when we lean on Jesus, there is no disappointment. Hey, it's the fall, and, and, and the fall is like some other times of, of the year. The fall is a time of new beginnings. Uh, even if you're not going back to school, the fall is always a time of new beginnings. Hey, this fall I think I'll do this, and school's going to be different, and, and the sports teams are gearing up, and the music programs are gearing up, and this is going to be the fall, and this is going to be how things are going to develop. I hope so. I hope it's good fall for all of you as you get things rolling, but, but make sure that you're not just looking at yourself and what the world has to offer. You'll find disappointment. Lift your eyes higher. Keep them focused always on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith.